This is Tonkabon episode 76. This week we'll be going over Mason Okoku by Rumiko Takahashi, uh, volumes 3 and 4. My name's Cole Greco, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Jude Knoll. Jude, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. I feel like I was pretty high on the first two volumes of this series, mm-hmm. and now I'm starting to be like, mm, maybe I'm cooling off on it a little bit, but like tentatively. I still think it's got a lot to offer, but mm-hmm. I'm like... I don't know if I'm as hype on it anymore as I was. I'm glad to hear you say that because I kind of came to the same conclusion <laughs> during the. It's not bad or anything like that, but like during that, during volume four, I was kind of like, man, like we, I already kind of feel like I've been here before. Um, you know, we're only like yeah. 40ish chapters in, so yeah, like I said, it's not. You know, I don't think the series is bad or anything like that, but yeah, getting towards the end, I'm like, all right, this is kind of a. It's kind of becoming a grind already. (laughs) (laughs) So you want to start off on volume three? Yep, let's hop into volume three. So volume three starts with chapter 22. Uh, Godai and Kyoko end up alone together on New Year's Eve, and uh, naturally Godai consistently attempts to assault Kyoko, but uh, fails. (laughs) Kyoko thinks that Godai has grown, uh, has like grown a little since he, you know, he doesn't assault her and invites him to go to the shrine for New Year's. Uh, Yeah, this this whole uh, thing is just uh, Godai trying to like grope Kyoko in secret. (laughs) Okay, one thing that really like stood out to me here is the cover page for this act. This chapter is like. It's saying, like, Predator and Prey, and you got Godai, like, basically turning into, like, a werewolf vampire mm-hmm. trying to attack Kyoko, and her, like, clothes are melting off. Like, yeah. This really, like, sets the tone for what's to come, and mm-hmm. after reading that chapter, I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? There's also... <laughs> There's this panel where, like, Kyoko leaves the room and Godai is talking to himself and he's, like, banging on the table saying, like, let me hit. Yeah. Get a hold of yourself, dude. He sounds like, he sounds like he's your average Twitter, like, reply guy here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, (laughs) that, like, language felt super jarring for a series that was written in like whatever 1985 or something <laughs> it's like is that really it like this very 2023 yeah i was like is that really the direct translation like J- japan had the the lingo all the way back then <laughs> yeah that was that was wild it i i actually did laugh at that but not because i thought it was funny because yeah. i was like this is just this is absolutely insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I I love how at the end she's like, he didn't try anything. He was nothing but a gentleman. Like, what he he's a gentleman because he didn't because he, he you he unknowingly or like you unknowingly he didn't try to assault you? Like that is crazy. The bar for Godai is so outrageously low. You'd have to dig to find yeah, it. Like- <laughs> Yeah, I want to know, like, okay, I definitely have read some, like, 80s Japanese rom-coms. They're mm-hmm. all kind of like this, yeah. but I feel like Rumiko is on another level with the poorly aged, like, <laughs> rapey humor. It's very weird. And mm-hmm. reading this, I'm like, was was this, like, considered acceptable back then? Or was this, like, weird even then? Because I have to feel like it was 
kind of weird even in the 80s yeah like it i don't know it's a <laughs> there's a there's a whole lot of stuff going on here with with go like Goda is just an, an, an abhorrent character but i feel like anytime you see like a synopsis of the series or like a uh like a I don't know, like the, the the advertising copy for it. It's always like, you know, the famous love story. And I'm like, man, this is this is not a love story. <laughs> and at the same time, like, even if it's not that, people will be like, oh, this is like a healing, cozy series. Like, yeah, it's like, got like reading? Animal Crossing type vibes. Like, maybe occasionally it does. Mm-hmm. In theory, it does. Like, I feel like it really could be that. Yeah. But... There's some glaring problems with it. <laughs> yes, I agree. You got you got to really like put blinders on to be like, mm-hmm. man, this this is such a relaxing like you know cozy story. Like I'm on the edge of my seat this whole chapter. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a there's a whole lot of like you know maybe not quite to the extent, but like the William Faulkner like it was a different time. You got to do when reading Mason a cozy. Yeah. <laughs> You you have to like you have to preface kind of every chapter with with that before you go in. You like remind yourself. Um, in chapter twenty three, Godai is back home to visit his family, but calls Kyoko to tell her that he'll be a bit longer. Uh, he because he's embarrassed of his uh, black eye that he receives. When the day comes for him to return, he has to postpone it again on account of another black eye. Um, Kyoko starts to get annoyed that Godai is not coming back, and then eventually Godai returns, and everyone sees his two new black eyes and uh, laughs at him. Um, this see, this was the kind of this was like the fun Mason Okoku chapter. Give me. I was more literally of just gonna say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, for one, I like because like it's a winter chapter. I like that we got everybody like around the Kotatsu. Mm-hmm. We've got Akimi actually like clothed wearing this cool <laughs> for the only um, time all series floral <laughs> yeah yep. it was like cool floral sweatshirt we've got the poofy 80s manga hair mm-hmm. i love these rugby uniforms and yeah. like seeing godai's old high school this chapter is actually peak and even mm-hmm. the illustration like in general feels better i know last uh last episode i mentioned how good like the environmental artwork is in this series when it wants to be. And we've got mm-hmm. these cool brick buildings in the middle of the chapter. Um, just a lot going on that works really well and actually does contribute to the cozy, like chill atmosphere that people, you know, actually say this series has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. My, uh, my one kind of gripe with this chapter, and this is one that kind of continues through on throughout these volumes, is that I don't think the we've kind of had this deal with like Kyoko and Godai, where she's like jealous of him, or you know, kind of stuff like that. And it's it's all right at this point, but man, it gets really tired through through volume four. Like yes. I'm already sort of sort of sick of their dynamic. An excellent illustration at the end of this where Godai like shows up to the house wearing sunglasses uh-huh. that are completely askew on his face. Yep. Yeah, he's got the, the big aviators on. It's a great look. <laughs> um, in chapter 24, uh, the gang goes skiing. However, Godai and Mitaka uh, can't skate. Um, or 
I guess they go uh, ice skating, not skiing. Um, yeah. They both they both try to leverage this into being close with Kyoko, but it backfires, and they just look like uh, fools for basically twenty pages. Another uh, another good like slice of lifey kind of chapter. I thought like there's still the yeah, pe- <laughs> the kind of deal where they're you know they're trying to um, utilize their kind of weaponized incompetence here to uh, to get close to Kyoko, but this this feels a little more fun and less uh predatory <laughs> yeah people always talk about like the beach episode or mm-hmm. the cultural festival episode but i think the ski trip episode yep. or like you know just like the going out in the snow episode is mm-hmm. pretty underrated i agree i really like this original uh, or this cover page where Kentaro and uh, Kyoko's niece are talking to each other on the phone. Mm-hmm. It feels very Charles Schultz for some reason. Yep. Because I guess, like, usually in Peanuts, you've always got, like, two kids talking to each other on rotary phones. Mm-hmm. So I did really like that page. Yeah. And in general, like, once again, great environmental artwork. Like, mm-hmm. the ski resort actually feels populated and alive. Um. Yeah, it was just a fun little, fun little outing with the gang. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of complained last episode about sort of the composition of some of the uh, panels. I actually thought this chapter in particular did a better job of that. Like, there's this one uh, on like page two or something of this chapter where it's like it shows the kind of the the train that they're on with the mountains in the background, and then below it is just like these panels of uh, Mitaka Godai and. Um, uh, Kyoko, I think that one is like particularly good. Um, it feels honestly, it feels like very kind of cinematic. And then there's this yeah. one uh, a couple pages later that's like, it, you know, the camera is kind of like placed really low, uh, and you see the people like ice skating in the background. It's like this giant mountain. I think that one's really cool too. So uh, there's a little more variety to how these these panels are set up. Uh, I feel like in this chapter in particular, in, in, in these two volumes. Yeah, the, the like mechanics of this series, you mm-hmm. definitely see them improve over time. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, in chapter 25, Godai is duped into watching Sakamoto's cat, uh, also named Kyoko. Naturally, the cat's name causes issues for Godai until eventually the cat is lost and he has to enlist the help of the real Kyoko to find it. And then eventually the cat is found sleeping with Soichiro. Um, this is a good chapter too. I like, uh, you know, just like a pretty basic kind of just silly chapter. But I thought this one was, this one was fun. Uh, love how this this cat is drawn. It's drawn so, it's drawn so weird. It's not like cute at all. <laughs> yeah, it feels like weirdly realistic compared to how everything else is drawn. Also. I, I agree. And speaking of like illustrations that are kind of realistic, on page two, there's this one panel, and it's like a tiny panel, but it takes place in what is sort of like the campus bar slash hangout. Mm-hmm. And it, this is like one of my favorite manga panels. I've seen them forever, just because it's so small, but there's so much going on. Like we got yeah. this sort of camera shot from the ceiling. Where we see, like, there's stairs going up. There's, like, three levels of this building. Mm -hmm. We see, like, waiters bringing food out. We've got all five people at the table with their food. 
the actual like wood paneling of the building is drawn in crazy detail Mm -hmm. like the art is kind of cracked in (laughs) in some of the panels here Mm -hmm. like the characters occasionally go off model and look a little inconsistent but like I don't know if it's Takahashi or one of her assistants doing these backgrounds, but they're like on another level. Yeah, yeah, the ba- the the kind of the background work in this series is uh yeah, is is pretty nuts. Yeah, that panel that you're talking about is really cool. Love the love just like the design of this um like restaurant. Um which I feel like that's yeah. that's the kind of stuff that gets sort of overlooked cuz I assume they're just kind of, you know, in a in a ten, ten maku cinema way they're doing like location scouting when they do stuff like this. Like this is probably just like a legit yeah. restaurant in her neighborhood or something, but you know, I think there is something to be said for like having to actually design like a a space that looks pretty cool and you know, this is this is one of those definitely. Yeah, the, the angle of this shot reminds me, I don't know if you've ever played uh, Final Fantasy Tactics on the Game Boy Advance, but the, like, three-quarters mm-hmm. camera angle and, like, the blockiness of how yeah. everything is set up. Mm-hmm. It looks like a tactical video game, but at the same time, it's just a restaurant. I, I feel yep. like I could, like, live in this panel because it just feels so, like, alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the way you're describing Final Fantasy Tactics, it's, it's very... Uh like captain toad treasure tracker where like if you turned oh, it yeah, you would, that too. if you turned it yeah. you would see the gym that's like sitting underneath them or something like that mm-hmm. yeah as, as much as we were just like shitting on this series like they gotta blow this panel up and put it in our museum because yeah it's like this is peak manga right there mm-hmm. yep um chapter 26 uh kyoko's dad is snooping around the ikoku and because he disapproves of kyoko living there and uh thinks that the whole house is a wreck uh kyoko leaves dinner with her parents and heads back to the house which uh is indeed a wreck this sort starts this sort of i don't want to say mini art because it's kind of still continuing even to where we're at now um yeah with like her parents wanting her to leave the ikoku and kind of get married um I did. I did like the kind of the opening with her dad, though, kind of like snooping around and getting uh, getting like caught by by Godai. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. I like this one panel where there's like a sort of sound effect type thing where just the word "dad" appears on the panel. Like it's taking up all mm-hmm. the space and it's in bubble letters. And then yep. within the bubble letters, there's this like floral screen tone, <laughs> and then the word is like sort of like whooshing <laughs> across mm-hmm. the page to smack Godai in the face. Like, yeah, that's once again, good. there's there's a lot of like creative stuff going on within the panels. Mm-hmm. And we weren't seeing this in the previous two volumes. So I think you're right. Like this series is definitely improving on the art front in real time. Mm-hmm. But as we'll see soon, like I wish the same could be said for the writing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and there's even just uh some cool panels like there's this one near the end where Kyoko's like fixing the wooden floor and she's like half in one panel, half in the other, and that's like it's pretty basic, but that stuff did not happen early on in the series. Like no one was breaking out of panels and um some of the kind of the panel layouts are still super basic and grid-like, but yeah, there's a a little more experimentation going on. You you literally said in the last episode you wanted to see characters like leave the panel, mm-hmm. yep. which 
we've got it right here. Yep. Yeah, she was reading she was reading Dragon Ball when uh when writing this <laughs> this stretch here. Um in chapter twenty seven, Kyoko hires people to fix up the house. Uh but in the midst of this, her mom comes by and tells the residents that Kyoko's leaving. Uh everyone is distraught until Kyoko uh kind of returns for the day. Dude, Kyoko's parents are absolute menaces in in this series. Yeah, they, I've never heard of somebody like calling movers on somebody and just taking yeah. all their shit. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. evicting I, I, her own daughter from the property that she manages. <laughs> yeah, as much as I've like having read both of these volumes and now being kind of like tired of the arc about her parents, mm-hmm. like I'm not as crazy about this chapter. Yeah. But even this one did have some really good moments. Mm-hmm. I love this uh, panel of Kyoko's mom telling the residents that she's going to be retiring from the position of manager. <laughs> and there's these like, it, it looks like American patriotic artwork. I was going to say it's very. Stars uh, and stripes are <laughs> like blooming from her head. I was going to say it's very like 1950s propaganda, like, you know, uh, like war poster sort of thing. I do like that Kyoko being around her parents sort of opens up another side of her character, her character where she's like really casual and mm-hmm. prone to anger. I definitely feel like. It's realistic because I feel like everybody sort of acts more like, you know, childlike or yeah, loosened up around their parents. Mm-hmm. And I also like that that means we see her character wearing like a Letterman jacket. <laughs> um, just really good characterization through artwork. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then once again, we get the return of Miss Ichinose's uh, um, dress that's just pure screen tone. Love this one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> every time she wears that it's great it's so much less detailed than what everyone else wore. just like a flat thing with a triangle screen tone on it she just there's loves some Zelda. really like head <laughs> I, there's some like moments where this manga actually kind of feels like it's inspired by horror manga like mm-hmm. the series or the scene where Kyoko's mom shows up and there's this sort of just like heavy like brutal looking shading in the background and then even the opening like cover page for this chapter mm-hmm. has a sort of like junji ito or just like horror in general type of setup where the characters faces are all like flushed and look white yeah and there's like ooze dripping from the top of the panel or maybe it's like ripped up I don't know, but it looks cool. Well, and a lot of the, in this chapter, a lot of the um, panels that show kind of the outside of the house, it does look like, like abandoned almost. Like it's just super like yeah. dark. It's like super shaded and stuff. Um, yeah. It looks, looks, do a good job of like making it look rickety. Looks, looks haunted, you mm-hmm. know. In um, chapter uh, 28, Kyoko's mom and dad both cook up separate plans to get her to come home, but naturally they uh, both uh, kind of backfire. Um, this was a pretty fun little chapter. This is like a classic kind of, I don't know, like just generic sitcom chapter I felt felt like. Yeah, I feel like I don't have like any specific notes on it, but mm-hmm. yeah, it does feel like fun. And I did like the cover page on this one where there's like Mitch, Miss Ichinose and Kyoko's mom arguing 
but then the illustration is framed by like the frame is Kyoko. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, and we've been talking about it, there's like a lot of weird experimental stuff going on here. Despite the fact that the manga itself kind of looks really like traditional and doesn't take a lot of like crazy risks, there's a bunch of small details that are actually really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I like these, uh, the kind of the opening pages of this too. It show like these photo collages, and then the next uh, page it has um, like Kyoko's talking to Miss Ichinose, and she is, you know, like I'd mentioned, she's like out of the panel. This looks like one of those, that opening page of, of Dragon Ball, where it's like Goku kind of standing out of the panel, and the <laughs> other ones are around it. Um, it's yeah. it's got, got that vibe to it too. Um, in chapter 29, Kyoko goes to uh, Soichiro's grave with her father-in-law and her parents, and uh, things go poorly. Her father-in-law recommends that she leave the family so that she can remarry. Um, this chapter is kind of crazy to think about that her father-in-law is just kind of like kicking her out of the family, basically, or it's like, I think yeah. you should leave. That's pretty, that's pretty wild. I know. Um, that was something I was not aware of before, and... I don't know like how realistic that is, but to me, the romance here feels like something from like Jane Austen. It has a lot mm-hmm. of weight to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and this is a another. This isn't exclusive to this, to this chapter, but I do like how anytime there's a flashback, uh, it doesn't do the thing where nowadays if, it, if there's a flashback in the series, they just make like the edges of the page black. Here, anytime there's a flashback, yeah. they just round the corners of it. Um, which I think that's just like an old manga thing because in uh, Build King, which isn't old, but Build King does the same thing. And it's definitely like a lot of its page layouts uh, definitely like took inspiration for some like older series. So I think that's that's funny to see uh, kind of how that used to be and in, uh, in comparison to like how how that's always presented now. Yeah, I much prefer the black backdrop. It's very it makes <laughs> easy it much easier when something's a black. Yeah, or when something's a flashback. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, in chapter thirty, uh, Kyoko and Miss Ichinose and Godai uh, go to the tennis courts to get Kyoko's mind off of her parents. Uh, Mitaka is there, and a doubles game breaks out uh, between um, Miss Ichinose and. Uh, Mitaka and Kyoko and Godai. Uh, Mitaka then proposes to Kyoko, but she misunderstands him as asking her to go pro with him in mixed doubles, and she declines. This was a, <laughs> a fun chapter as well. Yeah, it's uh, giving some Death Note vibes here with like <laughs> a big clash between characters being mm-hmm. personified or like uh, characterized by a tennis match. Yep. Um, Unfortunately, I feel like this is the start of the most annoying section of the series thus far. Yes. Yes, this misunderstanding between, like, Godai and Kyoko and Mitaka. It's, I feel like from here on out, we get this chapter, like every other chapter, and it's by the end of uh, the fourth volume is just completely exhausting. Oh, yeah. Um, in chapter 31, Mitaka takes Kyoko out on a date and this time more directly proposes to her, uh, telling her that he'll wait three years for an answer. Godai, who has no money, takes the opportunity to eat dinner at Kozue's house. 
there he monologues the plan for his life, but Kyoka or Kozue misunderstands it as his plans for them and mentions uh, that all of that would happen uh, in at least three years away. Godai then tells Kyoko to stay on as manager for at least three more years because that would give him enough time to kind of graduate college and build up some build up some money. Um, yeah, this chapter not the not the greatest um it does i think i think this chapter kind of sets up the timeline for the rest of the series because i know we had talked about that um at the end of volume two because like an entire year went by in those first two volumes um yeah and i think this one sort of establishes like we've got we've got three more in universe years left I do feel like here Takahashi went beast mode on the character artwork, though. Like, the fashion feels really mm-hmm. detailed. I love all the shots of the characters, like, playing with the dog on the beach. Yep. And then the, like, final big panel of Godai and Kyoko, like, on the swing set looks so cool. Mm-hmm. I like that Godai's t-shirt says vitamin C. <laughs> I don't know if he's a really big fan of the Kraut Rock Band Can, but that's what I'm going to choose to believe as a reference to. Yep. And he just, yeah, yeah, he just, just really, loves, to... really loves his vitamins. <laughs> yeah, everything in this chapter does look really stylish. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll give him props for that. Like, it looks, this chapter looks really good compared to even the others surrounding it. Yeah. I uh, like, uh, Godai's like imagination um when he's like picturing his he and Kyoko's family he's wearing like the the traditional like Japanese like yukata thing and she's got like the the kimono on (laughs) it's pretty funny too um in uh chapter 32 uh Kozue comes over to cook Godai dinner and Kyoko gets jealous uh, she then goes on a date with Mitaka, but he goes into a shop to get his pants clean because a dog had kind of like jumped on him and gotten him dirty. Um, Kyoko sees inside the shop and mistakes the situation uh, for Mitaka kissing another woman. Angry, she heads out to play pachinko the rest of the night uh, and kind of just like cursing men, talking about how she's she's done with them. Um, yeah, the classic sort of uh, dual misunderstanding uh, like rom-com uh, moment here. Yeah. This was a whack chapter, and mm-hmm. this is like the archetypal throwaway in <laughs> a Goku chapter. Yep, throwaway. Except the the sort of the repercussions extend all throughout the yeah. following volume. That's my biggest issue with this one. It's like this would be fine if we had this, <laughs> exactly. and then it got kind of resolved the next chapter. But we have to kind of deal with this for mm. eleven more chapters now. Yeah, that's infuriating Mm -hmm. speaking of which uh that's the start of volume four uh in chapter 33 after the fallout from the previous night mitaka and godai try to figure out why kyoko won't talk to either of them kyoko's mom then shows up shows up at the koku house during a tennis practice and asks godai if he knows whether her daughter is dating anybody they end up meeting uh, mitaka and she's so impressed with him that she tells her husband that kyoko really doesn't need a job anymore uh, it looks like she's going to be getting married to a great guy. Kyoko's dad then shows up uh, at the Koku house again, trying to spy and find out who Mitaka's boyfriend is. But he ends up meeting Godai instead, and the two end up getting along surprisingly well, getting wasted on the town together that night. 
Another running gag in Mason Okoku is that everyone who lives there is an alcoholic, yep. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's one moment in here that did crack me up. It's Godai. He's like he's talking. He says she won't let me touch her, but if I get a girlfriend, she gets jealous. Who does she think she is? Says so, you know I'm getting pissed <laughs> off just thinking about it, and then yells, "Damn it, I'm not your puppet." And then he's like, enough of this. Staying cooped up in here will turn me into a radical. I love Godai, like, realizing he's becoming an incel. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, they're literally explaining how incels get radicalized without yeah. a hint of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, hold on a minute. I can't, can't go there. I'm going to become like one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's it's a good thing the internet didn't exist at this time because mm-hmm. godai would definitely be like um mass murderer yeah yes absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah. godai would be a, a problem on 4chan <laughs> <laughs> yeah just putting up uh generational posting statistics on there yeah also uh like his shirt in this one too just says honey on it diagonally (laughs) (laughs) these are awesome yeah we need the we need the mason okoku merch to uh to drop he's got this this other one just says like sun on it that was pretty good too yeah we need a uniqlo to collab with shonen jump and put that out Mm mm-hmm yep Chapter 34, Godai finally starts to get the idea that his relationship with Kozue might be hurting his chances with Kyoko, but he can't get up the nerve to break up with her when they go on a date later that day. He decides instead to just stop going to dinner at her family's house, which unfortunately means that his broke ass is going to nearly starve, because uh, that's his like sole source of free food. Meanwhile, Akemi convinces Kyoko to give Godai and Mitaka second chances, and the love triangle begins to realign. I don't really understand why, but I guess Akimi was able to get her back on their side. Yeah, I don't I don't know. The logic in this series makes no sense sometimes. Yeah, this is unfortunately one of the kind of the downer chapters uh, you know, in these in these volumes. This one just it feels pretty throwaway. It there's it's not particularly like interesting. It just sort of I don't know keeps these uh, like the love triangle sort of plot going, which I I don't really care for. I will say very cool. Some cool moments here. Akemi like smoking in bed. Uh, very sick. Mm-hmm. Um, the like shots of the. Uh, restaurant that Godai and Kozue show up to once again really well drawn mm-hmm. and then there's like a hair salon that's really well done too yeah also like this guy next to him is like breaking up with his girlfriend and he's like the truth is I've gotten engaged which is just like <laughs> man what a crazy thing to like break out to your your I guess now ex-girlfriend in like uh, just a diner or whatever that's wild <laughs> the world of mason akoku is just like constant drama and heartbreak mm-hmm. yeah this guy's like not only was i cheating on you i'm engaged now and i'm gonna <laughs> tell you this in the middle of of cracker barrel 
Yeah, it's like, forget the manga. We need the Netflix reality dating series set in this world. Yeah, in the in the Akoku house. Well, I guess that is, uh, that's basically, um, what is that? Uh, 20-somethings, oh. uh... Well, there's Austin, that Texas. No, there's that Japanese one. It's uh, something ter- Terrace House. Oh yeah, it's basically Terrace, Terrace House. House. Yeah, <laughs> that that series was sick. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it ended in like a tragic way. But I feel like in many ways it was similar to this series. Yeah, yeah. I watched the first couple seasons of Terrace Terrace House, uh, which I thought was was pretty dope. <laughs> in um, chapter thirty five. Uh, while studying for exams, Ikoku mentions something to Godai about hearing. Oh, and Ikoku, it's Akuko. Sorry, I'm getting her mixed up <laughs> with the name of the house, which is just like switched syllables mm-hmm. away from each other. Uh, but she mentions something to Godai about hearing that Kyoko is getting married soon, which Godai uh, correctly doesn't believe. Later, Soichiro goes missing after Kentaro accidentally lets him out of the house. A few days later, Godai finds him, and Kyoko seems to think that he looks really similar to her late husband. It's another like, is... sitcom-y chapter. Yeah, I do love how she's like, he looks like my late husband, when the only things we've ever seen is her husband just has like a blank face, like he's he's like an, you know, a, a locked character in a fighting game. Um and <laughs> and the panel to kind of like show that they look the same is when Godai's face is like silhouetted from the sun. <laughs> like they don't even try to like we never see what Soichiro actually looked like, so we we don't actually know. But from what we see of Soichiro, it's like yeah, he, that does look like Godai. His face is completely <laughs> black. <laughs> yeah, I kind of would never see his face. That mm-hmm. would be—I don't know if it's like a running joke or just like a stylistic choice. Well, but I, I kind of like it. Yeah, so I will say I don't know if we do or not, but if you're on like my anime list or like any list or something like that, you know they—they they always show like the character, like you know who's favorited the characters in these shows, and the one for the anime for Soichiro, he does just have a completely like. It's just like the complete silhouetted face. So, like, they didn't put an actual face in there. So, I, I think we might never get his face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. Also, love the, uh, like, the title, uh, page on this too, with, like, Soichiro in the, it's like in the, the moon or something like that, or like in the sun here. This is, <laughs> like, hilarious. That, that is sick. <laughs> Um, in chapter 36, Godai and his friend Sakamoto get summer jobs at a beer garden, and Sakamoto stays at the house for a bit while they're employed there. Sakamoto ends up trying to flirt with Kyoko, much to Godai's chagrin, and Godai tries to one-up him by offering everyone free drinks at uh, his job. That night, the whole house shows up demanding booze on the house and makes Godai and Sakamoto look really bad. Mm-hmm. This one was a fun chapter, and man, I love Sakamoto as a character. I think mm-hmm. he brings a lot of life to this series, and I love his like Archie Comics looking <laughs> ass design. Yep, yeah, he's he's got the the Kuwabara look going on here. Um, oh, true. Yeah, I thought he looked familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah this this chapter was pretty good. I love these uh, panels in like the the supermarket look really cool too. Um, but yeah, yeah, I like this this chapter a lot, and I like Sakamoto. Sakamoto is the most like realistic character here, actually. 
Agreed. And every <laughs> Godai Godai looks at him like he's an asshole because he he's out here like you know trying to spit game like a yeah reasonable mm-hmm. um morally sound person and I Godai say, can't stand it. Yeah, yeah. Sakamoto is like actually yeah he's being kind of a normal dude and Godai's upset. When Godai's version of like what Sakamoto is doing is to like try to grope Kyoko at every chance, <laughs> that's he. He truly is the incel. He's just mad at this guy because he's got Riz and <laughs> he's not, you know, trying to obliterate the boundaries between humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, in chapter thirty-seven, um. We get a festival special. Uh, typical like summer festival manga cliches ensue, including Godai being inexplicably good at all the carnival games, and then Godai and Kozue uh, get split up from the group, as do Kyoko and Mitaka. Uh, we see some like weird sparks of chemistry between the two couples, but nothing actually happens before they awkwardly run into each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of weirdly like. It feels like it's going to be a consequential chapter, but it turns out to be inconsequential. Yeah, nothing happens at all. But I do really like festival chapters, so mm-hmm. I'll excuse it, I guess. Yep, yep, I, um, I'm with you. Um, I do think it's, I mean, it, it makes sense, but there's this page in the middle, or uh, two pages in the middle, page eight and nine, that are uh, like super symmetrical, like almost kind of mirrored in their, their setup. Um, you know, we like... Uh, like digitally, I feel like I like I read a lot on my phone, so you'll see just one page at a time. But um, like yeah. I'm looking at it on my iPad now with like both pages open at the same time. Uh, it does sort of like remind me, like, oh yeah, manga. Even if it's not like a double page, like spread is sort of designed to have like both of these pages like facing you at once, like to be kind of taken as a whole. Um, so I thought that this like kind of setup was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's once again really stylish in like a low key way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here um, we get an absolutely atrocious, in my opinion, story arc. I'll read like I'll read two of these chapters at a time because mm-hmm. I feel like they're all just like blend into each other, so yeah. we can like make comments on each of them as they happen. Mm-hmm. So in well, actually, I guess it doesn't start quite yet, but I'll. it starts in the next chapter. Uh, I forgot to mention, uh, so Kozai feels like her relationship with Godai is moving too slow, and uh, she tells Godai that she wants something to remember the summer by. Godai and the housemates take this mean uh, to mean that she wants to sleep with him, but it actually turns out that all she wanted to do was by matching commemorative t-shirts to remember things by which uh definitely feels more like a sitcom setup than in the past Mm -hmm. um but i don't know it was a it was a fun throwaway chapter that i feel like sort of confirms our theory about godai being an incel because as much as he's like obsessed with uh kyoko He's actually, like, afraid of women deep down, and any time mm-hmm. he has, like, a chance to get close to someone, yeah, he just acts, like, insane. Yeah, I was gonna say, and not that, like, you know, uh, Godai has to be, like, attracted to everyone or something like that, 
But this girl is like actually trying and you're just like, no, not good enough for me, basically. Like, this dude sucks. <laughs> God, that's the worst. Yeah, that's the thing. He, he's definitely an incel because he'd be like commenting on somebody's picture like three out of ten asymmetrical eyelids <laughs> or something. Yes, exactly. Like, like ears too big, zero out of ten. Mm-hmm. It also... We'll say the chapters with uh, Kozway are kind of confusing because she and Godai and Mitaka all have the same exact haircut. I think it's actually mentioned it's in one of the chapters that Kozway and Godai have the same haircut, but man, it's like, it's pretty egregious. It's very hard to tell them apart sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and so here here we get what I was talking about is the um, very bad story arc that I'm going to go through a little bit quickly Mm -hmm. so in chapters 39 and 40 uh the tennis club overhears a conversation between mitaka and kyoko that they take to mean that uh the two are going to get married they tell godai and he confronts her at the train station and for some reason their conversation is drowned out by the sound of trains and they just assume that they heard each other correctly (laughs) godai still thinks the marriage is on and he decides to leave the koku house uh, Kyoko tries to figure out where Godai went, and it turns out that Godai ends up renting a house that is still occupied by its previous tenant, who happens to be another woman. Godai is cool with it, even stoked at first, but things go south when he finds out that she works at a shady massage parlor and has a crazy, like, mafia-looking boyfriend who also lives in the apartment. He has a gambling problem. They're both bro- uh, broke, and they both refuse to leave until they've made enough money to move out, leaving Godai with two uh, squatting roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, wild turn of events here. Yeah, this arc is not... Uh, it's not great. <laughs> this one... Yeah, this is the start of... Uh, I- like I think in chapter forty, I was reading it last night and fell asleep when reading it, and had to <laughs> had to finish up the rest of the volume this morning because it's just I, I hated it so much. <laughs> I I agree. It's it's really bad, and I wanted uh, I kind of wanted Godai to get with the girl because that would have actually made this series interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been like a fun a fun development and instead even that's just kind of like railroaded. In uh, chapter 41 and 42, uh, it's been a month since Godai moved out and his furniture is still in the Koku house. Uh, when movers arrive to take his stuff away, Kyoko uses this as an opportunity to track him down only to find a girl at his door. And Kyoko believes that he's shacked up uh, with a side chick and storms off. Which I guess isn't really fair because they were never dating to begin with. Yeah, I was gonna say this is the this is my thing with Kyoko is like her, and like I understand that's the I don't know that's the conflict of the story is that she likes him but doesn't but does kind of deal. But man, it's it's just it's very tiring to kind of to keep up with that aspect of it. Yeah, embarrassing for all parties involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, chapter in chapter forty. 40- uh, last note, oh, of chapter forty-one. The the cover page of it, like the title page, super cool. 
I do agree there. Once again, always some like solid illustrations, and this one definitely has like that new wave '80s city pop yep. uh, art mm-hmm. style that I'm always been. I've always been crazy for that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, in 42, uh, Godai tries to call Kyoko, but gets hung up on. And to make matters worse, his roommates have sold all his furniture to pay their gambling debts. Godai tries to get the Akoku uh, household mate or housemates to explain the situation to Kyoko, but they're too drunk to do so coherently. Godai then calls to ask for his room back, and Kyoko lies and tells him there's no vacancy. Later, uh, she runs into the bartender who tells her the true story, and she realizes that she was wrong all along. That night, Godai walks past the Akoku house and sees the light on in his room, believing it to be occupied. And then in 43... Uh, Kyoko goes to Godai's new place only to find out that he's been missing for a week. He's been living with Sakamoto the whole time, but eventually gets kicked out when Sakamoto has a girl come over. Godai thinks he's going to be homeless, but suddenly Kyoko sees him wandering around downtown and invites him back to the complex. Uh, So that's like five chapters of something that was just like completely inconsequential. We're back to square one and... Mm -hmm. All it was was just a misunderstanding, which I know is like kind of a tenet of these type of stories and manga. Yeah. But yeah, that could have been like two chapters. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those deals where like, you know, everything could have been resolved if the characters had just talked to each other. So, you know, it's yep. like, <laughs> yeah, if you try to put like actual logic into it, it's pretty lame. But man, it's just like I said, this this little arc was was pretty exhausting we did get um, another Godai incel moment in chapter 42 where he's like daydreaming about smacking Kyoko in the face. That feels very, uh, yeah, that was uh, feels very, very on brand for him. <laughs> yeah. This dude is, yeah, I think we said it last time. This dude needs to be, this dude needs to be locked up. He is, he's too dangerous for, for the public. <laughs> All right. Do you want to hop into our what went well section? Yeah, I can start the uh, the what went wells. I think you know we mentioned a few times, but I think that uh, like kind of the the art, like the the paneling, I guess in particular in these volumes uh, was much much improved. Even in like chapter forty two here, I'm flipping through, and there's just you know most of the time they are still like pretty grid based. Um, panel layouts but here towards the end of chapter 42 there's even a couple where like there's a panel within a panel that's sort of breaking out of one or like breaking in between two panels that's uh it just kind of like changes it up um it makes it feel a little less formulaic and uh you know kind of the like i said the compositions within the panels themselves are are improved as well lots of good uh, kind of background art and different kind of camera angles from what we'd had in the first two volumes which were all that like three quarter you know, like middle of the room. Angle. Yeah. Mine was basically like the same thing. I think mm-hmm. it's just like, there's a lot more detail within the art style. Nothing has really like the outlines of stuff haven't really changed, but I think it just feels like more fleshed out and filled in mm-hmm. and the characters outfits feel more like considered. There's just like, they they're wearing something different each time you see them and they all look pretty cool. Like yeah. the story feels fashionable and even like the out, like the contours of the panels have like the weird, um, there's like more like triangles and mm-hmm. rounded edges. Everything feels more distinct and 
you know specific to this series so it has it has more character this time around yeah mm-hmm. uh, my second one well is i think there's much better usage of kind of the extended cast i think this is one of my gripes last time but like uh, what's his name yotsura 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 the uh, the salaryman guy. I think he's actually pretty yeah. decent in these, and even like um, uh, the the girl whose name I can't remember either, Rapongi. Um, she's she's improved also. I think like the moments she does pop up are actually pretty fun and less less annoying. And even like some of the tertiary characters, like Sakamoto, is is used very well. Um, or even the uh, like the bartender from Chachamaru. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that w- that aspect is uh, a lot better too, because that was something that I thought was pretty weak in the first couple volumes, and they actually kind of carry the story this time. Yeah, and I think in the first volume of these two, so volume three, mm-hmm. I think the pacing feels a lot better in that it's slow, and they're a lot more just like episode type. Like, everything feels more like a self-contained episode, which for a series like this, which is supposed to be, like, cozy and laid back, I think works well for it. Mm -hmm. So, I think chapter, or volume three set a good tone for the series. Unfortunately, it kind of switches gears, like, as we move from one volume to the next. Yeah. Yeah, my, uh, and then to get into some of uh, some of the gripes, my first gripe is uh, just the 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 love plot of this um, a whole series yeah. and these two volumes is just. I mean, we've talked about it the whole time, so don't need to get into it too more. But it's just it's weak. It's it's tired. It it literally put me to sleep. <laughs> Mine is like I hate to be that person to be like, oh, this series is because it's problematic because i think like sometimes when you're looking back at like older stuff mm-hmm. you don't always want to hold it to the same standard but man this series like egregiously yeah, it's, messed up it's, it's pretty rough yeah like it's definitely take you can't really turn your brain off because i think from like any perspective you read this and you're like yeah this series is like morally off base a lot a lot of the time yeah i think my issue with it is less of like trying to kind of hold it to like today's standards and more than just like it pulls me out of like what i'm reading every time right like godai's doing you know some crazy illegal thing and you're just like ah you know it it just like it it really breaks up the flow of because you're like holy shit that's that's crazy (laughs) Yeah, and, and the worst part, the worst crime is that it's not funny either. <laughs> no, exactly, yeah. It doesn't even serve like a, yeah, it, it's not even a good joke. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, my second, um, my second gripe is going to be, uh, I think, kind of, you know, the, the opposite of my last one went well, but that's the kind of the, our main like trio here of like Kyoko, Godai and Mitaka are not great. Like all these characters are honestly pretty annoying every time they come up on the screen. <laughs> um, like, you know, they have some, they have their moments, but for the most part, like if, if all three, especially if all three of them are together in one place, I'm, I kind of groan at this point. I'm like, oh, here we, yeah. you know, here we go again. We have to do this now for 20 pages, uh, which is not great when they're the three most popular characters. 
Yeah. And and similarly, I think my gripe is that we need to use like there's a somewhat big cast for where we are in the series. It's it's mm-hmm. a little small compared to other similar series, but like we have a lot of people that we're just not using. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. So let's let's, you know, have a mini arc about another character where we learn another side of them. Maybe that's coming, but mm-hmm. you know, we're forty chapters into it, so let's let's get some backstory on some of the other characters. Yeah, well, or I wish we would get like an actual arc revolving around uh, Yosio or like uh, Ropongi, like something like that. I think would at least be kind of fun because they're at least kind of in there. But we've only ever had arcs revolving around Godai and Kyoko, and uh, I guess none really around Miss Ichinose, but she's always in the mix a little bit more than everyone else is. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's move over to uh, kind of our, our tenant of the week. Um, I'll go first. Mine is uh, I'm going with the bartender from Chachamaru. It's this dude every time he's up he's pretty funny i like his kind of banter with everyone um yeah there's that that part where they're all like hanging out in the bar and um he says to uh akami that's the the girl's name he's, he's like are you gonna work or something like that um which is pretty funny and then he kind of single-handedly uh puts this arc uh behind us and explains it to everyone he's, he's the only like level-headed character here and i actually do think he's he's pretty welcome every time we we get him on on the page yeah um, my tenant of the week, or he's not really a tenant, but I, I like Sakamoto a lot. Mm-hmm. Like we've mentioned before, he kind of brings a bit of like realism or just like laid back characterization to the yeah. series, which I, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. And he comes across as likable in a way that a lot of the other characters don't like. I wish the series is about him and not Godai. Yeah. And he's, he's by far the most like realistic character of any of the ones that we have too. Yeah. Um. All right, Jude. Time to put someone in uh in the doghouse. Was someone's got to sleep with Soichiro, uh this this time. <laughs> um, and I'm going to pick. I don't know if we chose him last time, but I think the easy choice. I'm just going to go with it. Is is Godai? This dude is <laughs> yeah. terrible. Truly, like needs to be sleeping in in prison. He's bad, and I feel like in in volumes one and two, it was. I don't know his his parts were a little funnier and now it's just like he's either just being offensive or a- annoying like i can't he's not even like endearing at this point anymore i can't i can't root for godai he he really kind of sucks i think he's honestly pretty poorly written so my pick on the other side of the coin is actually kyoko um i feel like you know, she's definitely a victim in all this, but at the same time, I'm just kind of annoyed with her character for continuing to give uh, Godai the time of day. Like, man, what are you doing? Yeah, I. It's embarrassing. I agree. Yeah, she's not. She's not. She's not really. She's not a great character either. She's similar to Godai. Like, I can't. I can't root for her or really like actually care about her. <laughs> um. All right. Well, yeah, that does it for. Um, Mason Okoku this week. Uh, before we head off, Jude, do you have any last-minute wrecks before we head out of here? Um, let's see. I know I mentioned it last week, and I've read a little bit more of it, but, man, I think, like, Call of the Night is a very mm. 
cool shonen series uh that was just picked up by or just like put out for free digitally by viz mm-hmm. so check that one out if you got the viz app uh i'm continuing to enjoy it more and more each week nice yeah my uh my last minute recommendation is just going to be a uh, read common rider um dark horse has like the full like collection of all four volumes um it's pretty cool to just kind of read that series it's it's very it's definitely old the plot is pretty nonsensical but you know it's it's got some cool art in in spots it's very uh it's a little bit um mason okoku ish where like very basic panels very basic character designs but anytime there's like a two-page spread in common rider it's uh phenomenal so that's my that's my rec for this week sounds sick um so yeah so that'll do it for us this week uh thanks for listening on sunday we'll have our next weekly show and jump episode and then in the middle of the week the following week we'll continue with uh chapter or volumes five and six of uh mason okoku so yeah thanks for listening and hit us with the uh the reviews as usual